is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but it is not enlightened. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God, and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law, that everyone who has faith may be justified. Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law shall live by it. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For man believes with his heart and so is justified and he confesses with his lips and is so saved. Peace be to you, the reader, and with your spirit. be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. At that time, when Jesus came to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, two demoniacs met him coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one would pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? 
Now a herd of many swine was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. And they came out and went into the swine, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and perished in the waters. The herdsmen fled, going into the city they told everything, and what had happened to the demoniacs. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their neighborhood, and getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. To you proclaims the gospel. Glory to you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. When I came in early this morning to just put some finishing touches on the, uh, the homily, I had uh, remembered that I forgot a book at home that I needed a quote from. And God always provides, right? So the minute I had the thought, Agapi walks through the front door. And I went over to her and I said, can you please open the bookstore because I need to find a book. And I wasn't sure which book it was because it's one of the five volumes of St. Paisios. So she goes in there and we start looking in the very back for the passage of the scripture uh, today. I always like to see if they have something in these uh, beautiful resources, uh, something on, on the passage. And sure enough, there was, but finding it was another thing. And then after I found it, uh, with her help, I went back in and I, I put those finishing touches on. <clears throat> and I went back into the bookstore and I handed her the book and I said, he gave a right hook. This, this quote that I'm going to share this morning, I told her, I said, is one for all ages, and it's so important for us to know. And she was just, I can't wait to hear it. So you're all going to be great beneficiaries of St. Paisios' quote that I'll share with you in just a little bit. This story is remarkable in the sense that there are two men that are identified who had been possessed by demons to such an extent that they were so feared by people and avoided. And you, you can't imagine, none of us could imagine what it would be like to have uh, that sort of, a, of an experience if it's something that they could remember at all. But certainly for people to avoid them out of such great fear is just a tragedy. But the greatest tragedy, because there was something obviously that happened that was, it was a miracle that these two men were healed. And this is a great thing. The tragedy of the story is that there was an entire village, an entire village that missed what happened. And so they weren't able to take advantage of a miracle and to benefit from that. And this is something that we have to keep in mind because I think that we can go through life and there are a lot of things that we miss when it comes to God and how He works in our lives. And we miss those opportunities to see them really for what they are. And then to respond in a, in a grateful way, knowing that God in everything He does is for our benefit. 
There are three things I wanted to point out this morning, though. The first one is, the devil and his demons want nothing more than to destroy mankind, body and soul. Because of their hatred towards God, it extends to hatred towards all those who are created in God's image. So they want to destroy mankind in any and every way they possibly can. Whether that is directly through temptation, or whether it's indirectly in the sense of working towards other things in life. The example today is that they entered into the herd of the swine and rushed down the bank and were drowned. And this enraged the people. That's just one example. But they will do anything they can to destroy mankind. And this is why perhaps in 1 Peter we read the words, Be of sober spirit and be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And truly, this is his goal. This is the only thing that interests the devil. Can you imagine that? We have jobs and we focus on those jobs. But can you imagine if your only and sole focus of your existence is to destroy mankind? Think about that for a moment. He has nothing to distract him. He doesn't get involved in sports. He doesn't think about nice things. Nothing. He has one sole purpose. And in Tito Kaliander's book, The Way of the Ascetic, he says in the very beginning, we are fighting against someone who has a millennium of experience. You know what that says? We are done. We are done. Because we'll never be able to match that in terms of just our human strength against a power and a principality that has been doing this for centuries upon centuries. So that's the first thing. We need to know that this is a reality. And this is often why it's good to remember that we're not just fighting against evil, but as in the Lord's Prayer at the very end, Tuponiru, it means the evil one, that we're actually fighting against Someone. It's not just an entity. And in Ephesians, St. Paul reminds us, saying, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against one another. It's not against another human. But against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness. So this is important because, one, we can get very caught up in our daily life and our daily routines and we can really lose sight of the fact that there are these forces that are working out there against us for that purpose of destruction. And this is why the fathers speak so much about vigilance. They call them neptic fathers, nipsis, which means vigilance or watchfulness. And this is something that is crucial for us. And I know, I'm just like the rest of you, we can get involved and entangled in many things, and some of those things are just things we have to do in life, like parenting and, and going to work, and our mind has to be on those things, on those activities. But at the same time, we must not allow it to move too far from our conscious awareness that there is a lion out there roaming around, seeking to devour us at any given moment in time. That is a reality. Second... God's limitless love sustains our life and protects us from our fiercest foe. In Hebrews, St. Paul says, Christ upholds all things by the word of his power. Think about this. If God were to not sustain us, even for a second, we would be devoured. In 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 a moment quicker than a blinking of an eye. So we have to realize that our ability just to be sustained and not be completely undone, to be completely shredded, 
by the devil is because God sustains our life. He gives us the, the, the protection that we need constantly. He allows certain things, of course, to humble us. He allows certain things for us to struggle with because we need to rely, we need to realize our dependency on God. Because of our pride, we would just think that I'm doing it. I'm able to resist. I'm able to conquer. I'm able to protect myself. And that's false. God is the one who constantly sustains us. And we have to keep that in mind. One, because it will keep us humble, hopefully. But two, the reality is, is that we would be completely undone in a, in, a, in a matter of a second. So we have to realize how much God is giving us. Because we can have the tendency to ask the question, well, where was God when? How come God didn't do this? How come God didn't spare that? How come God, how come God, how come God? And we, we build this up, and we don't realize how much God is doing for us. And it's not even measurable. It's not even measurable. We need to be very mindful of the fact that without God's constant protection, we would be overcome by the evil one. So for this reason, we need to give thanks to God throughout the day. We need to focus and really put our minds to this fact, at least one or two times a day, that without you, Lord, I would perish. This day, you sustain me. You give me the breath of life. You allow the blood to run through my veins and to the, heart, the, the heart to beat. You give this life. You are the sustainer of this. As I said, though, our tendency is typically to focus on what's not right what we're not doing. Um, we tend to focus on our sins throughout the day. And if we sin, we usually get upset that we sinned. We start thinking about uh, how bad I am and how I can't accomplish this and how I can't uh, do it good enough and I, I can't seem to maintain a spiritual life. And all of this self-focus is very, very dangerous because it drags us down into despair. We focus on that. And I know this for a fact because, one, I'm accustomed to doing it. But two, I've heard thousands of confessions over the last several years. And I'm not saying that it's not important to focus on our sins, but it has to be for a moment in time, for the purpose of our repentance and preparation for confession, and to humble us. But most of the time, we should not be walking around thinking about how much I've sinned, how bad I am, this is terrible, oh, I did it again, I'll never overcome this, I keep repeating the same things, on and on and on. This really, really dampens our, our spirit. Most of the attention we need to give is to God and to give thanks to Him. We need to remember as much as possible throughout the day how merciful God is, how kind He is, how loving He is, how much He sustains us throughout every moment of the day. Focus on those things. Allow those thoughts to occupy your mind. Father Sophroni says, Never surrender your mind to the thought of any sin, but even the thought of sinning, in a sense. We must focus our attention on how God prevents us from being completely devoured. And this is an extremely important point, and here is where I want to share with you this beautiful uh, words of St. Paisios. St. Paisios says, Doxology sanctifies everything. And I'm not just talking about the doxology we do at the end of the Orthros. Doxology sanctifies everything. It fills one with gratitude. And when one thanks God, even for the least of things, 
Thank you for that sip of water. Thank you for allowing me to get from point A to point B. Thank you for allowing me to rise this morning. Thank you for allowing me to look into the eyes of my spouse, of my children. Thank you, Lord, for the air, the trees, the sun. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For the smallest things which we just look over every single day and don't even give a second thought to. He says, when one thanks God, even for the least of things, the blessings of God comes in such great abundance that the person simply cannot endure it. And then the devil, who can no longer stand such thanksgiving and doxology that comes out of the person, departs. We're so worried about not sinning, and when we sin, getting so upset the fact that we sinned, and now I have to go confess it again, that we're not even thinking about giving thanks and doxology and praise and glory to God all day long. So the minute we sin, we hold that with us for hours. We hold on to these things and we think, how am I going to confess this again? Oh my gosh, I'm not making any progress. Oh, this is, it's, it's, it's no use. And we surrender our entire self to these thoughts. And then we wonder, why aren't I making any progress? St. Paisio says right here, if you want to make progress, this is how you do it. Doxology sanctifies everything. Doxology fills one with gratitude. And when one thanks God, even for the least of things in life, the blessings of God come in such great abundance that the person simply cannot endure it. That much grace. And then the devil, who can no longer stand to hear such thanksgiving and gratitude and doxology coming out of the person, he flees from the person. Isn't that a different way of looking at fighting the spiritual warfare? People, it's not rocket science when you think about it. We get into these habits and these patterns of thinking and perspective of life and self and in the world and our spiritual walk with God. And we're losing sight of the most important thing. Doxology sanctifies everything. We have to build this habit though. This will not just happen. This is something we have to consciously be aware of and practice daily. Whatever it takes to do that, whatever little reminders you need, rubber bounds around your finger, you can have a sticky on your mirror, whatever it takes, begin to practice this. This is very practical. Because if your heart and mind is constantly thinking of how God sustains you, how He loves you, how He's blessed you, how He continues to provide for you, if you constantly are thinking about that thing, guess what? You're not going to be thinking about sin. And you're not going to be thinking about how bad you are and how you're never going to be any better. Because you're focusing all of your mind and your intention, attention on those things that God has already and continues to do for us. Third, if we're not careful, we will misunderstand and misinterpret how God works in our life. And this passage was a perfect example of this because of the people, the townspeople. There was this incredible miracle that happened right before their eyes. And they missed it completely. They only looked at what they lost. Now doesn't that coincide with the other thing I was just saying? They weren't giving praise and doxology and thanks to God for what he had just done. They were all upset because all of their pigs died. And this is what we do. We walk around and we're upset because our swine have died. And we're missing the point. One commentator says, The townspeople saw the two restored men... And looking into the face, the very eyes of the very meek and humble Lord, who was calm and peaceful standing before them, they saw no miracle. 
They didn't recognize what had happened. They kept only one thing in their minds and hearts, that their swine had been destroyed. They did not see the good and glorious work of the Lord. Instead of falling to their knees and thanking the Lord for saving these two men, who you would think have more value than swine, they complained at the loss of the swine. Instead of inviting the Lord to be their guest, they begged Him to leave as quickly as possible. And instead of singing God's praises, they raised a lament for the swine. This is a tendency, people, that we have in terms of where we allow our mind to go and what thoughts we surrender our mind to. We need to follow this beautiful and very simple advice that St. Paisios gives us. Doxology sanctifies everything. Spend your day in your thoughts giving thanks and praise to God for all that He has given you, for how He sustains you, and you will find yourself being filled with the grace of the Lord, and then you'll see yourself walking in that path, in that light, that you so desperately desire, but are struggling to walk in, because of how we surrender our mind and thoughts to everything else but that. May the prayers of St. Paisius be with all of us, and help us to have the grace to understand and to practice this very simple teaching. Amen.